And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live, June 19th, 2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're happy to have you here on this Friday already. <laughs> I don't know. I think we say we that. How we got here. I know, but it seems every like, Friday. It's like every Friday just kind of bleeds into the next Friday and everything in between is kind of melded together. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I don't know. Time plays tricks on us, but I was talking to a woman this morning and I always see her at church and we always share pictures of the grandchildren and stories of what they're doing because they're all about the same ages. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I don't know about you, but weeks are flying by, not like a day goes quickly or something, but now it's just chunks of time yeah. and for her and for me too it's it's a week I, I don't know yeah it's just a very odd time but you know yeah. as scripture tells us in the last days the days will be shortened yeah yeah well there's still 24 hours in the day but they sure do fly well off. hey listen <laughs> it's the 19th of june and another two weeks it'll be midway through 2020 already i know so. i know Anyway, we're happy you're here. We do have a lovely program lined up for you today. A little later on this hour, Stephanie Mann will join us. Stephanie is an author and a blogger, and uh, something caught my eye a couple weeks ago in the National Catholic Register. Her blog, she wrote about the Salve Regina, which we are now praying again after Pentecost. We go back into the Salve Regina. So Mm -hmm. Stephanie's going to come and talk about that. Uh, We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune. So you're invited to play along, mm-hmm. uh, win a fabulous prize. Next hour, um, we're going to have our gospel reading and our reflection today. My bad, I, I didn't line up one of our local priests. I, I don't know why. I went over my calendar. I thought, who did I have? And I, I didn't reach out to anybody today. So uh, Dr. Scott Hahn is going to give a reflection on Sunday's oh, reading. Wonderful. So. I thought we were going to hear from uh, Mr. Jim. <laughs> oh, who, Jim Hoffman? No, you. <laughs> oh, me? No, 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 no. You can reflect very nicely. Well, I, Dr. Hahn might do a little better job than I do. <laughs> uh, and then also next hour, uh, Father Joe Laramie, who has, and I thought, here we are, the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Yes, And perfect. I didn't plan it this way, but it happens to be the case that he's written a book. Um, it's kind of a 10-day a, a self-retreat you could take, uh, Abide in the Heart of Christ, a personal, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius Loyola. So... Beautiful. And at our parish, we actually did a novena to the Sacred Heart. But now, oh, yeah. you know, people are immersing. You talk about abide in the heart. We've been home. We've been abiding and quarantining. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, we need this refuge. People are turning to EWTN. They're listening to the radio station. Just the numbers are way, way up. The mail, the emails, um, even EWTN in Alabama says exponentially they they must subscribe to mm-hmm. that um Whatever it is that tells you ratings. S- yeah, the ratings. so many people are listening or tuning in or watching or whatever that is. But it is. You need a refuge now. I, I think things are going to start opening up and we might be able to climb our way out of this darkness. But how perfect to get lost. We've been doing every novena we could possibly uncover. And tomorrow we'll start um, Saturday devotions to the Miraculous Medal. Mm. And, you know, so. Okay. Well, get back into the swing of things. Well, it's it's just a great place to be. You know, it's our refuge. It's our haven from the crazy world out there. I'd, I'd rather just stay locked down in church. Yeah. The Do world, my little the church. World, the world has gone crazy. So. My little church world, and, and I'm happy there. So. Well, we'll invite you to pray with us, friends, as we do each time we begin our time together. And we're praying the prayer our Holy Father gave us to pray to our Blessed Mother to end this whole pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and also keep in prayer all of the intentions that uh, all of our listeners and viewers bring. We have, uh, of course, we're coming to you live now on 
all of our radio stations, all of our media platforms, including our video on YouTube and Facebook. And uh, So you never know. We're going around the world. You never know who's listening, watching, praying along. So let's bring those intentions up to the throne of Almighty God together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We'll remember our friend Maria. Uh, and I didn't get any updates today, but uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, of course, today is the Feast of the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, so we uh, thank all of our all the prayer teams out there who, I should say, doing novenas to the Sacred Heart and the wonderful devotion to the Sacred Heart. And pray for the apostolate. You know, we're trying to get that new transmitter here at 1260, so I have heard from a a number of people already who are chipping in and saying, let's just chip away at that 38,000. So So we're here for years and years to come. Right. The transmitter will be here longer than I will. <laughs> nice and shiny and trim. Yeah, so over thirty years, I mean, thirty years from now, I'll be ninety-five. I don't know if I'll still be behind the mic. No, maybe not. <laughs> Your teeth. You Hello, know, like... my brother. I don't know what day it is, but I'm here. <laughs> Let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick, who at the foot of the cross were united with Jesus' suffering and persevered in your faith. You know our needs, and we know that you will provide so that as at Cana of Galilee, joy and celebration may return after this time of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the will of the Father and to do what Jesus tells us, for he took upon himself our suffering and burdened himself with our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael and also the beautiful prayer, ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium Prayer. St. Michael, Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. battle. Be, Be our, our protection against, against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. We pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. So it's a great way to spend two hours as we're talking about time flying. We can kind of rest in the Spirit here for two hours and let it go slow. Mm-hmm. So we can It's enjoy a lovely day it. out, though. Right? Beautiful day today. It is. It turned out to be a nice oh, day. Yeah. Um, and I know... Uh, you I don't know, know about those thunderstorms, but we'll hear from Jim that there's been the story, threats yeah. of those, but they're intermittent and they're sporadic and geographically you, you might not get hit and somebody else will so in and the meantime enjoy it and sunday is father's day yes so happy father's day to all the fathers out there all the and dads. fathers to be fathers to be that's right grandfathers grandfathers godfathers uh all the fathers and any other fathers do we leave anybody out <laughs> Well, how about our priests? They're fathers. <laughs> they indeed are. And the bishops, all, all right. the fathers of the church. Mm, they're doing, yes. you know, uh, different, for, di- different for them as well. You know, it's a, it's a mm. different time, mm-hmm. different way of worshiping. And I think people are just starting to say, okay, now, because you started 
I mean, there's public masses now being Right. So, I mean, the diocese of Metuchen, but I I think, is there not also in Trenton? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So limited seating, whether it's whatever your directive is, you know, however the bishops decided in accordance with the local health and government, but maybe 50% capacity Mm -hmm. or just 50 people or 30%, whatever it might be, we are thrilled to have people in the church. And the deacons... And the priests said the most difficult thing, and it was truly something that some of them couldn't get over, was saying Mass and looking out and the pews were empty. Mm. And you think about how much part of the liturgy is dialogue. Right. The Lord be with you. Sure. You're waiting for someone to say in Mm -hmm. with your spirit. So uh, it was very, very hard. There was one deacon that we had that he said he got very depressed and it, it bothered him so much. He chose not to serve during those three months. Really? And Father gave the other deacons, you know, you're welcome to come and serve with me or on a Sunday or when, however their schedule works. Um, but this one said, I, I'm going to decline. I'll wait till there's people back. Wow. He just couldn't handle it. Wow. So it's shocking. It's it traumatic. Is. It's, it's but I think we're getting to the other side. I hope. I hope. I hope. All right, we'll take a break, and when we come back, Stephanie Mann will join us to uh, talk and teach about the Salve Regina. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. There's more to come on Friday Live.
climber coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Well, well, well. Welcome back, friends. Happy to have you joining us on this beautiful feast of solemnity, I should say, solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, this uh, June 19th, 2020. And uh, Stephanie Mann is the author of Supremacy and Survival, How Catholics Endured the English Reformation, available from Scepter Publishers. Uh, she lives in, in Wichita, Kansas, and she blogs at supremacysurvival.blogspot.com. And Recent blog that I saw in the National Catholic Register struck uh, my eye there, and I thought, wait, not that nice to have her on, because it was all about singing and praying the Salve Regina. So, Stephanie, welcome to the program. Stephanie? I'm, happy, I'm sorry, there you go. I, 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 got a, I had a little, a, a, a little mistake here on my microphone. Are you, you're welcome. there, right? Yeah, she's there. Okay. I hit the wrong thing here. <laughs> Welcome, Stephanie. Great to have you. And I was really looking forward to this because we, uh, at, I'm a musician at my parish, and we always sing uh -huh. the Marian antiphons. And I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how there's one assigned. We just don't pick one because we feel like singing it. You know, they're assigned right. to the liturgical portion of the year. And uh, so this is right in, in my ballpark. So thank you for writing this. Oh, you're welcome. I did it. Actually, I wrote all about all four of the Marian antiphons for mm -hmm. the blog that blog spot on the, the National Catholic Register because each one of them, you know, like you say, has its own particular season and has some you know different attributes about it. And it, each one of them has had a kind of an interesting cultural influence beyond beyond the liturgy, yes. uh, too. So mm -hmm. that's what's fascinating about these uh, beautiful hymns of the Church. Right. I feel like it. Out of all four of them, 
um, that the Salve Regina maybe is the most well-known or the Regina Chaley after Easter. What, what is your opinion on that? I think the Salve Regina is, is best known because it is, it's become a prayer outside. The way the Regina Chaley has, too, since it, mm-hmm. it takes the place of the Angelus during the Easter season. Mm-hmm. But particularly the Regina Chaley, be, be, I mean the Salve Regina, because it's become the prayer that's included in the the uh, rosary, mm-hmm. and so because it's been appended to praying the after the five decades of the rosary, we pray that prayer. I think that's why it's become so popular. Yes, is because yeah. it has both a liturgical and a very devotional aspect to it. That's very more common. Right. I think more people pray the rosary than pray the Angelus. Mm-hmm. And and for those people, so. this this will spur their uh, spark their memory. The Hail Holy Queen, yes. Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. That's the translated. Salve Regina. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, yes. Stephanie, what, what was the, the inspiration behind doing this? Or, Are you a musician yourself? No, I'm not. But my parish, of course, we're not singing very much now, but my yeah. parish, Blessed Sacrament, had started to add a new Mass on, on the weekend at 530, and they were using more, uh, well, they were using all the Latin parts of the Mass, oh. and we were using uh, more plain chant in general, and then they included after communion, uh, when the when Father was uh, 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 finishing up after communion, mm-hmm. he, we would start to chant the oh. the uh, uh, the four antiphons per, per the season, and so it became part of everyone's uh, kind of the liturgical practice every Sunday oh. night. Oh, that's and beautiful. So that yeah. that was one of the reasons why I started was we, we uh, to to give all that background too, and then. People in the parish could look at it, and then right. National Catholic, Catholic Register was wanting blog spots, and so I thought those, that was a neat series to do, is to show yeah. uh, the influence of these. Yeah, it's very good. I thought, as as, as I was reading it, uh, Stephanie, how did the people respond to this? You mentioned in your parish that you began doing this. Was it something that they welcomed right away, or were they a little confused because it is Latin? or was it How, how was the response? Well, well, one thing was that the, the, this mass was kind of advertised okay. as going to be the more um, solemn mass, a, a quieter mm-hmm. mass, one with Latin. It, it would be it was uh, advertised, and it still is as, as being the one that said "ad orientum," mm-hmm. and so everyone knew this is what they were going to expect at this mass. Right, is more that there, th- there would be this tone. So yeah. either it may mean I'm sure some people came just because it was 5:30 and it was a convenient time on a Sunday. <laughs> To come, but there were some who were there because they wanted to experience this kind of yes. uh, quieter liturgy. Uh, we actually our organ broke down in the midst of it. We we're still working on replacing it. We've done a lot of renovations in our church. It's Blessed Sacrament in, in Wichita, Kansas, okay. and uh, but we so we started seeing more a cappella too, and so we thought that was really beautiful, less accompanied music, and so uh, it was just part of the that mass's uh, kind of. Just, just its spirit, and so I'm yes. sure many people came because of that. Sure, and there's Quietness people that and reverence. Yeah, people really seek that out, and and if one has not had that experience, um, you know, the organ doesn't necessarily have to break down. But what an opportune moment there to <laughs> capitalize on that <laughs> and say, okay, yeah. we're just going to calmly do some Gregorian chant and listen to the voice that God gave us, and there is something very calming, serene beautiful it's simple it's noble and um yes. like i said people will seek that out rather than 
you know, there's a lot of other options and a lot of other things that could, how the liturgy could play out. So good for you. Good for you. But that's yes. a Sunday evening right. mass for you, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. yes. We're talking with Stephanie Mann, and she's a blogger and an author. And Stephanie, in your research, was there anything that you found out uh, about the antiphons, about the Salve Regina in particular, that you didn't know, that, that surprised you? Well, I didn't know the history of, I mean, you know, I, had, I of course, I knew the prayer as part of Compline, and that, that's, that's its, orig- its, its true use is, is at Compline, uh, or night prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I had prayed the Liturgy of the Hours, and so I knew about that aspect of it. But I didn't realize how much, uh, how, how old these, this hymn was. I mean, this dates from the 11th century, or at least it's attributed most often, and I guess from the research I did, that's when we start seeing it come up in text by a, uh, a uh, blessed Herman the Cripple uh, from southwestern Germany. And so I had no idea. I'd never heard of a man who was called Hermanus Contractus, I right. guess, because he was crippled. And uh, so I'd never heard of him. But the fact that he wrote this, and it's also he's uh, credited with the Alma Redemptoris Mater and the Avena, Ave Regina Celorum. So the fact that there was this man I'd never heard of from the 12th century who's had a you know, a, a tremendous impact, again, like you say, on our liturgy and on our music and our devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary through these three hymns. What's his name again? So that was the real surprise. What is his name Hermanus again? Contractus. Hermanus Contractus. Blessed Herman, the cripple. Oh, so he, he's a blessed. He's yes. a, Okay, he's a blessed. Not yet hit in sainthood yes. yet, though, but he's a blessed. So. Yeah. No. All the way from the I, year 1,000-something, so wow. they're still working yes. on it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll, this will uh, revive devotion to him. Well, that's why I say, you know, maybe there are people listening who are, I mean, we always have people who are interested in, in the history of our church, but, yes. but, but you know, souls like this who, as you mentioned, had don't realize had such an enormous impact on our our, mm-hmm. our church in this way and in, in, that it's good to research and find out more about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What fascinates me is how it just didn't remain this solemn chant and used just for the liturgy throughout the years other mostly the classical composers are so inspired mm-hmm. by the beautiful again there's this simple noble melody but it's so beautiful that along comes schubert or cesar franck or even opera writers that say i'm going to incorporate that in my work or piece or oratorio can you tell us some along the years where else this salve regina has emerged other than compline or post-communion right well the uh antonio vivaldi wrote a setting of it it's a six movement work kind of like his magnificat or, or another great work like that yeah. the one that pergolesi who's one of the great composers who, who he wrote uh, settings of the other Marian antiphons also. The one that was, I was kind of, you mentioned Schubert, I was kind of surprised. He wrote several versions of the antiphon, not just one, not just one of the Salve Regina, but several of them, including one that actually, if, if uh, listeners go to the, uh, my, to the National Catholic Register blog that I linked, for a male quartet or chorus, I mean, just the, the fascinating, he must have loved it. Yes. Because he wrote it so much. And then, of course, the most famous, uh, especially if you listen to the Metropolitan Opera broadcast, every once in a while they do perform the Dialogues of the Carmelites yes. by Francois Polanc. He includes it in the uh, execution scene when the Carmelite nuns go to the guillotine and 
as they sing the Salve Regina, the orchestration is that there's a big thud, the crash of the guillotine blade, and then the voices diminish until it's just one voice. And then the one of the nuns who had fled for fear comes through the crowd and mounts the scaffold and sings. Actually, she sings the last verse of the Veni Creator Spiritus. But it's just such a dramatic scene. And, and again, you can search for it online on YouTube and see different performances of it. It's very dramatic, the way that Polank said it, because each at each verse, another of the nuns is martyred. Mm. Of course, they're, they're also blessed, too. They're the blessed Carmelite martyrs of mm-hmm. Compiègne who uh, suffered during the, at the, actually at the height of the terror, toward the end of the terror in the French Revolution. Yes. So that's one of the other most beautiful ones. And that was one, I think that was also part of my inspiration for writing it, because I've always loved that opera and, and that, uh, and especially that scene. If I'm not mistaken, they just produced that again either last year or the year before. Um, I, had, I think so. Yeah. They re- revive it quite often. Right. I know Father Groeschel, yeah. God rest his soul. Father Groeschel would talk about that Right, he would opera. reference he, it. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and one time there was some controversy that a, uh, I think it was a New York production, the critic said that he wasn't very moved by it because it was out of the religious fervor of the nuns. And since he was uh, an agnostic or an atheist, it didn't mean oh. anything to him. Oh, well, he, I, got quite a, he got quite a bit of pushback because there were people who just said, don't you recognize conscience? Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this was a matter of conscience. They were going to be forced to deny what they believed. Yeah. I mean, yes. if you can't, you know, so he got some pushback on it. But I'm but, sure. Uh, well, I hope he likes yeah. the heat. <laughs> but here nor there, I, I had some of my choir uh, ladies go that most recently when oh, yeah. when they did reproduce it and they said they just cried of course we sing that and oh, yeah. and it was just you know brought to such a dramatic height that that's all they could talk about of course the entire opera was wonderful but they kept coming back but when they were at the guillotine you know they they were just literally crying so i'm going to have oh, to yeah. definitely see that so it yeah. is it is incredible beautiful yeah. Well, Stephanie, we want to thank you for taking time out of what I'm sure is a very busy schedule for you to join us today. Again, Stephanie Mann, she's the author of Supremacy and Survival, How Catholics Endured the English Reformation. We might have to have you back and talk about that. Let's sure do that. that. Was an oh, that would be great. Interesting yes. topic there. Yeah. Uh, but again, the blog spot is supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. Stephanie, is there a link to this particular blog from that site? As well, uh, yes. If if uh, if you go to other publications, there's a page on that blog on my blog called Other Publications, and I have the National Catholic Register blogs linked prominently there. Okay. Wonderful. And how'd you get into blogging? I'm just curious. Blogging is something that always intrigues me. Well, uh, I was encouraged after I'd written my book and and you know it's been published and and everything. And I talked with other Catholic writers. They said it's good to start a blog because that way you can promote things you're doing and also just give people other information about your book and how you wrote it and other topics you like to explore. So, yes, and you so. could explore those topics on a smaller scale. You don't have to keep producing books. You could yes. produce a, a good, hefty article, you know, even if it's in yes. part one and part two. But yes, let's have you back on that. And what what's for, I'm for, taking 
taking a couple of notes on what's formulating in my brain because I do some music here at the radio station. I could see dedicating my little music hour to the development of the Salve Regina and playing then excerpts from some of these other composers so people can... Oh, yeah. You know, pick it out. I think that would be fun. So I'll let you know when that's going to be on. <laughs> okay. Thank okay. you. Stephanie, again, thanks so much for being with us today. God bless you, and uh, we'll certainly have you God back. God bless you. Thank okay, you. Okay, take care. All right, friends, uh, you stay where you are. We'll come back with more Friday Live. Jim's going to be here with the weather. We're going to play Name That Catholic Tune, all kinds of stuff. So stay. And let me, if I may, announce this next, you know, we take this mm-hmm. musical break. Sure. We're going to hear the Salve Regina, but it's not going to be the simple um solemn chant tone in a unison choir. This is um, done being sung by La Angelus. That's the brother and sisters team. Mm-hmm. And they do it with some harmony and they take a little liberty with the rhythm. So it's a little bit uh, re-edited and reproduced, but the main melody is there. I think they do a beautiful job. Okay. Be right back. Salve Regina Mater Misericordia Vita du cielo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamos, exulus vivere. A te Cementes et plantes in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo advocata nostra illos tuos God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's heading our way as Jim gives us the weather. All righty, that means it's time for our domestic church chief meteorologist, Jim Hoffman. Hello, James. Hello, hello. 
I'm, I'm recording. I'm recording live from the beach right now. I thought I heard a little uh, crash in the background there. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. My feet are almost in the water. <laughs> oh. Almost, but I, I think it's it's nice down there today, right? Oh, it's beautiful. It's sunny. Uh, nice southwest, southeast breeze coming off the ocean. Very nice and cool here. It's about, uh, oh, I'd say it's about 76 degrees here right now. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Perfect. The <laughs> and man. are you are you sitting with your feet uh, almost in the water, just kind of strolling the beach? What are you doing? Just hanging out on a on a six foot towel to keep everybody else away. <laughs> Hanging out on my chair and just watching the waves roll. <laughs> oh, fantastic. The man on the spot there. Wow. That's right. Wow. That, well, look, was, hold the phone. We'll be right there. Yeah. yeah. Sounds nice. I was down that way this morning where there was a little fog. There was fog. Yeah, there, there was fog. It was pretty thick this morning, but it cleared up pretty quickly. So I'd say about by 9 o'clock it was mostly gone. Mm, yeah, but I had to come back to work, so I, I couldn't, wait, couldn't wait around for it to burn off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But given that and that being said, uh, first of all, happy Father's Day to you. Happy Father's Day weekend uh, to Jim. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. You too. Oh, thank you. And uh, what do we have in store for this uh, weekend? Well, it looks like it's going to be – I was was looking at the weather, and it it, it was like a broken record. So going from, like, tonight into Monday. Um, But before we get into that, uh, let's uh, look at the temperatures. Ewing, you're at 82. Freehold, 76. Hamilton, 86. Hamilton is 82. Cape May, 77. Uh, Beach Haven, we're at 76. Seaside Heights, 78. So what I meant by the broken record is, looks like in the afternoon, this afternoon, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon, uh, into Monday afternoon, we're going to have a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms each day. Uh, but the weather's going to be nice. Temperatures are going to be rising up through the 80s. So uh, we'll start off with tonight, scattered showers and thunderstorms, partly cloudy with a low at 65 degrees. Saturday, chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, partly sunny with a high near 83. Saturday night, there we go, chance of showers and possibly a thunderstorm that continues into the evening, mostly cloudy with a low around 65. Sunday, another chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy, high 83. Sunday night. Slight chance of showers and thunderstorms into the evening. Mostly cloudy, low 65. And then Monday, here we go again with the broken record. Chance mm-hmm. of afternoon showers and thunderstorms. Slightly sunny with a high near 89. And looking into next week, like Tuesday, we could, um, like Tuesday and Wednesday, we could be in the 90s. Ooh. And then uh, we cool back down to the upper 80s Thursday and Friday with, of course, uh, the broken record again. Chances of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon each day. Well, that's a great nap weather, though. You know, like we're working, we're back to work, we're you know busy about the house if you're still shut home. But the afternoon thunderstorm, just take a good little cat nap, and then you're ready to go. Till the thunder wakes you up. Yeah. Well, no, as, I, soon, as soon as we hang up, I'm going to take a cat nap. Yeah. <laughs> right on the beach. Oh, Now, I'm just awesome. curious, what are all the other beachgoers there saying about all your meteorological equipment you have set up there to do this broadcast? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, Definitely sparked some interest and some curiosity. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, before long, you'll be signing autographs. And are they I'm, I also just a little a little uh, uh, COVID nineteen update? What is the beach like? I mean, are people keeping their distance? Are they wearing masks? What's happening down oh. there? Well, people um, who know each other and families, you know, they congregate together. They're not, you know, keeping any sort of distance. Um, no one's wearing masks at all on the beach. Um, so. It, it looks like a 
typical Friday afternoon in June um, compared to other years. So but you it can't look like anything different. You can't go in the water though, right? Or can you? Oh no, we can go in the water. Yep. Uh, okay. Are there lifeguards and everything? No, there's uh, lifeguards are scattered around on certain beaches. Uh, uh-huh. There's one beach where Long Beach Township Municipal Building is that has a lifeguard. Okay. Um, but um, right now, uh, the, the season hasn't really fully kicked off. I believe next week into the following week, they'll probably have lifeguards in every beach, but not just yet. Okay, so yeah. getting back to normal, that's great. And you have, a, you have a lovely day, and you have your family, and it's going to be a lovely Father's Day weekend for you, I'm sure. So thank you for all you do yep. for us, and God bless you and your family, Jim, and your fatherhood. Thank you. God bless you, and have a great weekend. Thank okay, you. Okay, talk to you soon. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Time to name that Catholic tune, and so you, too, my friends, can play. Now, Cheryl has chosen a Catholic hymn for today. She's going to give some information about it, and then uh, do we have to wheel in the, the Mighty Wurlitzer or the Nine-Foot Grand? What are I'm going to use the simple little piano today. Okay, so the Nine-Foot Grand yeah. will wheel in here. I wish. Uh, but Cheryl will first give some clues, and then uh, she'll walk over to the... Uh, the grand there and play a little snippet of the uh, hymn for the day. And when you think you know what it is, after she plays you the little sample, you can give us a call at 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. And guess what the hymn is, and you can win a fabulous prize. So this is not as old as the Salve Regina, which comes to us from the year 1050. But as we know, as uh, music got a little bit more complicated along the way, there was more than one set of hands involved in developing what we find currently today in our hymnal. You have the poet or the prose writer, you know, the text. Then you have somebody comes along and say, oh, I can set that to a melody. And in this case, we had three different sets of hands trying to uh, bring this to fruition. Mm-hmm. So in 1874, there was a poet who wrote a beautiful six-stanza paraphrase of Psalm 23. We all mm. know Psalm 23. The so, Lord is my shepherd. There you go. You I didn't shall have, not want. Yes, but I think people know that. Okay. Anyway, so that's... Oh, that's, did I give a clue? Well, that's the first clue. Oh, Thanks, I'm sorry. Jim. Okay. Very good. That's not, <laughs> okay. the, that's not the title, I but I thought that was, there that you was go. a little quiz there. A quiz within very, a quiz. Very good. Now, uh, about 25 years later, early 1900s, there was a revival in Ireland and a movement to write down and preserve Irish folk tunes. Mm. Okay. So we already have a coupling here. And so someone is writing down these beautiful melodies. And like I said, a third set of hands comes along, and uh, he was an Anglican. But he saw the particular poem, poem, and he was had in his playing in his head the revival of these Irish folk melodies. 
And he said that would fit so perfectly. So he first got it into an Anglican choral book, first used in that church, and now widely used. They would be very proud over there in Ireland and England because now across the nation, maybe around the world, wherever they use English hymns, we are using this in the Catholic Church in every hymnal, doesn't matter what publisher. Every okay? hymnal. Okay. Every hymnal every for hymnal. sure. So it's like a classic. So is it based on Psalm 22? It is based. Okay. Like I said, it's a based paraphrase. It's a paraphrase. All right. It's not word okay. for word. So Cheryl's going to walk over to the nine-foot grand, swing the mic around so we can hear it. Oh, right. Uh, there you go. And Very then we'll good. just play somewhere in the middle here. Okay. 609-493-8255. When you know what it is, give us a call. 609-493-8255. And here today is... Name that Catholic tune. Ooh, ooh, 609-493-8255. I don't know if I would get that. No? No. I'll play it again. Try it, play it again. 609-493-8255. So again, I, I don't know. We start at the very beginning, okay? Might be the second line. Okay. We have a contestant. Okay, good. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi. Uh, the King of Love, My Shepherd Is. Very wow. good. Yes. Very, very good. We need the hallelujah here. There we go. Very good. And uh, what is your name? Carmela. Carmela. And where are you calling from? Avalon, New Jersey. Avalon. Oh, oh. I'm going to drive down there and are deliver your... Are you on the your... beach, too? <laughs> deliver your I prize. I am on the beach. <laughs> oh. Wave to Jim, the weatherman. He's just a few miles He's down away. Long Bellevue. So, oh, this <laughs> is the typical summer day in Jersey. Everybody's on the beach, and Cheryl and I are here in the studio. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 don't be sorry. We're happy you called and played. Very good. Good for you. So, what was... Uh, you just recognized the melody, I'm going to guess? I did. I did recognize the melody. The yeah. King of Love, My Shepherd is. Yes, isn't it beautiful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it well. Are you in the choir? No, I am a church organist in a Methodist church. Okay. But I am Catholic. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Getting your work done. And they I'm sure they use that there as well, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up in the hymnal. I don't recall ever playing it in the Methodist Church. Okay, curious. I've never played it in Catholic Church. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that would be curious. So that's your homework now, Carmela. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Carmela. Great. Now I'm going to put you on hold, so don't hang up. And Cheryl will get on the phone with you, get some information from you, and uh, thank right. you for playing. And it is the King of Love. My shepherd is. My shepherd, My is. shepherd is. That's today. Yeah. Very good, Carmela. Thank you so much for playing with us today. Stay where you are. You're don't welcome. don't hang up hang, and hang enjoy on. the beach. <laughs> All right. And <laughs> and friends, you stay where you are. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Congratulations, Carmela. Yes, in Avalon on the beach on the beach in Avalon. Wow, is listening. we're in the we're, wrong place. I know. All of our all of our <laughs> listeners are, which is fine. It is. It's summer. It's Jersey. Beautiful day. We don't but, mind sacrificing to give you fine Catholic radio <laughs> while you're on the beach. And we want to welcome Carmela to the yes, listening. Yes, great family. story she told you, right? Yeah. So she's visiting from Delaware and staying there in Avalon, and we'll be going back home shortly. But um, just kind of scrolling through the dial and finds Catholic radio. I liked what I was hearing, so I kept it on that dial. You know how you, yeah. I know from driving hours and hours. So we um, need one of those planes with the banners. Remember we always talked about right. doing that? Our friend Bob <laughs> said we got one of those planes with, with the banner, fly it up and down the Jersey coast. See, you never know who's going to listen. During the summer, because mm-hmm. apparently people are still on the beach with radios, like when we were kids, yeah. <laughs> with their transistors. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. But I like to do that when I go traveling. I just kind of scroll on the dial and try to catch local station. And if something comes in clear, you listen to it for a while. She goes, I liked what I heard, so I kept it on. So oh, thank you, great. Carmela. That's good So news. I'll send you something very special since we are kindred spirits in being She's an organist. Organist, hmm. yes. Wonderful. And so the King of Love. And we were listening to the version by La Angelus, L apostrophe Angelus. It's a brother and two sisters. They've played for World Youth Days and all over oh, the yeah, place. Oh, yeah, we did see them at World Youth Day most recently. And, and they do some more contemporary and original things, but they also do a lot of the um, tried and true hymns, but with a nice, fresh take. Yeah. You know. Beautiful. Okay. And again, I... I just it didn't I didn't it, it didn't, didn't 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 strike a didn't register. Didn't so do you know it? The King well, yeah, I know it. it well, yeah, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have known the title, and mm. I wouldn't have known the, the words unless I was reading the word. The melody yeah. was familiar to me. That's that's kind of tricky. Yeah. It is. But obviously, Carmela was in the right place at the right time. Perfect. On the beach in Avalon. Which I know. So maybe Sunday. I turned actually. I was sitting in my office earlier, and I put on the. Um, Point Pleasant Beach Cam. Okay. <laughs> Just to see what the weather was. Because yeah. I was down there early today for something, and, and it was foggy and, and not, not a good beach day, but it was, it was beautiful. So I guess all the fog burned away. What a tease. Well, that's typical of the and, shore, uh, too. It'll wait, you know, you wake up and it looks cloudy or foggy, and then it just burns off. But it's nice to hear, as Jim shared with us, that people are, it seems normal. People are on the beach, they're in the water. Yes, I need that normalcy. You know, mm. that uh, they're keeping whatever distance you can keep. But I did, I, I told you when I was down there today, I stopped in a while for a breakfast sandwich and um, everybody had masks on and the sign said they you know a sign in Wawa said it is New Jersey state law that that you wear a mask and I I have to disagree it it's not a law because a governor can't make a law 
by himself. Right. Right. It's got to go through a process. He mm-hmm. signs into law the legislation, legislature, put, but you can't just make a law because you're the governor. So right. it's not really an official law, right? It could be the store's request. It could be the— Well, I respect that. If yes. a store says, if a, if a proprietor or any store says, this is my store, you have to wear a mask. I totally respect that. Our friends next door have that right. sign. And right. I, I totally respect that. But it's not New Jersey state law that you have to wear a mask in a store. That's, I, I disagree with that. Exactly right. I but had a quote anyway. I know you're really you're really hot on that open Bucks County thing that you're involved <laughs> I know. In. No, but we it's not a law. They, they can't do that. But sometimes it's just who was making the sign. They don't even know the proper language or the... The way it works, you know, they just say we want them to wear it, so please. But um, anyway, we're getting yeah. back to normal, hopefully. Yes. Another big hour of Friday Live coming up next hour. We'll have our gospel reading, our reflection this week, a special guest reflection by Dr. Scott Hahn. Uh, also, uh, let's see, Father Joe Laramie, who has written a book called "Abide in the Heart of Christ" on this beautiful solemnity of the feast of the uh, solemnity of the Sacred Heart. Father Joe Laramie will join us to talk about a ten-day personal retreat that he's written. Uh, that you can participate in. So stay where you are. There's more to come. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, we'll go off for about five minutes, come back on for the next hour. So stay right where you are. Don't go away. Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. Goodshop.com. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. 
It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. Cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. God created each one of us, but he had in mind, regardless of how we look from childhood to old age, we change physically, but we don't change in his mind. See? Why? Because God has a specific degree of union with him, holiness, we call it, for every one of you. And it's all different. They were all different. And we are called to be different because it glorifies God. He just doesn't make robots. Now, why you say, well, why are some holier than others? Well, that's your fault. <laughs> that's not his fault. If we accept the good, the bad, and indifferent of every day, every day, we'll all be holy in a different way. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Pope Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends, for another hour of Friday Live on this beautiful solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, this June 19th, 
2020. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Thank you for staying with us. And another hour ahead. Another hour. Another hour. Which will go by and like that. And all these callers, thank goodness they didn't drop their phone in the ocean. Yeah, down on the beach, I guess. Uh, Jim giving the weather with his feet in the water. It's nice. It's a nice enough day. I think Father's Day we should take a ride. Sunday To evening. the beach? Yeah, if, you know, we'll just watch the... See if there's any change in the forecast, yeah. but if I don't mind. shower, I just think of those thunderstorms. You kind of don't. Yeah, want to you never it. know. You never know. But um, anyway, so this hour we're uh, going to have our gospel reading, our reflection today. Our guest reflection is by Dr. Scott Hahn because it was my boo boo. I forgot to contact one of our wonderful local priests who do this for us. There you go. I just uh, slipped through the cracks somehow. But Dr. Scott is gonna, Dr. Scott Hahn is going to fill in, and later this hour, Father Joe Laramie, who has written a book. Uh, it's actually a. Um, a 10-day um, personal retreat that you can take through this book uh, with St. Ignatius Loyola called Abide in the Heart of Christ. And, of course, today the beautiful solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, so we know that's appropriate. Father Joe will be here later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, we will, at this time, uh, have our Gospel reading and our reflection for, the, I believe, the 12th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Right, so we're heading into a long block of Ordinary Time mm-hmm. until... Until Advent. Christ the King Sunday and then Advent, <laughs> right? So this is a long block of long ordinary stretch. Time. So here we go, 12th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, Fear no one, nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. Everyone who acknowledges me before others I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. If we have faith, we can be sure that it will be put to the test, sometimes by our co-workers who taunt us, sometimes by the difficult circumstances of life. But to get to heaven, we have to endure to the end. And Jesus shows us how. Find out more next on Breaking the Bread. Our commitment to Christ will surely be put to the test. We will hear whispered warnings and denunciations, just as Jeremiah does in this week's first reading. Even so-called friends will try to trap and trip us up. For Jesus' sake, then, we will bear insults and be made outcasts even in our own homes, as we hear in this week's psalm. Jeremiah tells us we must expect that God will challenge our faith. He will probe our minds and hearts to test the depth and sincerity of our love. Be not afraid, Jesus assures us three times in this week's gospel. Though he may permit us to suffer for our faith, our Heavenly Father will never fail or forsake us. As Jesus assures us everything unfolds in his providence, under his watchful gaze, even the following of the tiniest sparrow to the ground. 
and each of us is even more precious to him. Steadfast in this faith, we must be prepared to resist the tactics of Satan. He is the real enemy who seeks the ruin of our souls in Gehenna or hell. So we are to seek God, as the psalmist says, zeal for the Lord's house, for the heavenly kingdom of our Father should consume us as it consumed Jesus. As Jesus bore the insults of those who blasphemed God, so should we. By the gracious gift of himself, Jesus bore the transgressions of the whole world, St. Paul tells us. In rising from the dead, he has shown us that God rescues the life of the poor and the humble, that he does not spurn his own when they are in distress. In his great mercy, he will turn toward us as well. He will deliver us from the power of the wicked. That's why we proclaim his name from the housetops. That's why we sing praise and thanksgiving in every Eucharist. We are confident of Jesus' promise that we who declare our faith in him before others will be remembered before our heavenly Father. This is Scott Hahn for Breaking the Bread. Breaking the Bread is a production of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. If you'd like to receive written copies of Dr. Hahn's reflections on the Sunday Mass readings, you can contact us by email at staff at salvationhistory.com or call us at 740-264-9535. That's 740-264-9535.
Alrighty, welcome back. And uh, just a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by Father Joe Laramie. Uh, his uh, book called Abide in the Heart of Christ, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius Loyola. So I'll be interested to find out about that because it's something that, uh, you know, people are still a bit homebound. Yes. You know, a bit uh, sheltering in place. And it's locking great. down. What are they, what are they calling it? Call all it but it's great to get lost in a good book and something that has a little bit more value than just the, uh, yeah, you know, like a novel. That sometimes a novel is a good escape from everything. But this, you, there'll be some fruit from your readings. You know. Yeah. Our chief meteorologist Jim sent me a picture from. Oh, how dare he! <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say okay. what beach he was on, though, right? You know, he's an LBI. LBI, but, but it the, looks, that has a lot of different beaches. It looks beautiful. <gasps> So, um, well, we must, you know, we're halfway through June. I've got to get my feet in the sand. Yeah. Well, I guess now you can. I, I thought there were still restrictions on the beach, but apparently not. I guess you still have to socially distance. Right. But no masks right. required. It would be a funny tan. Oh, it certainly would. <laughs> but I saw some things again. It's too much Facebook. Oh, I got to get off of there. But where some designer was having a, instead of the bikini, the, like a tri-kini. So all the fabrics would match your mask, your top, and your lower hmm. bikini wear. Wow. So now, anyway, a tri Where did you go to the beach when you were a kid? We're both, we grew up, grew up, both grew up in New Jersey. So That's right. As kids, where'd you, I remember, as, as kids with mom and dad, it was a different beach than so high school. So when we drove down in my mother's car, like with the windows open, you know, because right. there was no, no air conditioning. conditioning. Nope. <laughs> And it, it was especially great coming home because you were all like sticky with sand on you, and mm-hmm. it was hot. Yeah. And, you know. Uh, anyway, it was Point Pleasant. Oh really? And we'd get very very early, and this we had such a routine. We would get there and get ourselves all set up, and the first thing I had to do was run up to remember that Jenkinson's 
Sure, um, still there, Jenkins. Right, and I would go up to one of the places and get her a large cup of coffee, mm-hmm. and she would always pack us lunch. You know, we'd have our sandwiches and our Oreos and everything on the beach. You know, but uh, that was our spot. Mm-hmm. I know we went uh, as family. I, I, I have a picture of me as a baby, really sitting on the beach. It was Asbury Park. Ah. Oh. But I do remember going to Sandy Hook because it was oh, free. You know, <laughs> Sandy I, I Hook was free. I don't think I've ever been there. Like, ever. and that was uh, no, really, no, really. You can like see the New ever. York skyline from Sandy Hook. I know that's that's a northern beach. Yeah, right. But I remember my father would take us there. It was free. And then there was a time that we were getting a little bit older, and we would go with some other families. We were a big camping group, and we'd go to Sea Isle. So that's much further down CIL oh all City. the way down sure yeah. Yeah. yeah and then like we'd have a boardwalk night we'd go to either Wildwood or Ocean City so mm-hmm. we'd hit the southern thing but when I was able to drive and I had two younger brothers much younger I took them to Asbury Park when the pavilion was sure still, there were rides and stuff in there. right yeah. the merry-go-round and all the little yeah. kitty rides mm-hmm. were underneath yeah there. Um, and then when I was in high school we would go to either Seaside sure or you go down south of Seaside to um, Island Beach State Park, which was yes. cheap. Right. Because so, you'd pay by the car load. Right. You'd pay by right? the car load. Yeah. And uh, that was, I remember that was a that was a big beach, though. Big yeah. beach. Like as in a wide beach. Yeah. Yeah. Like Wildwood. I, I, I think you have to get a train. Yeah, Wildwood. You got to get a bus <laughs> ticket to get from the boardwalk to the water. <laughs> it's just so far. But uh, oh. I guess growing up in New Jersey, you know, that's, this is this is it. This time of year, you just, it's just something you always remember. It's just yeah. the smells and the sounds. And the and then when our kids were little, we would take them to Jenkinson's because the rides. The rides. But I think the rides are not open yet. Oh, really? I guess. Right. Mm, mm. It's also sad. And is it, there was an aquarium there. Is there still an Which aquarium? There, there still is an aquarium. But I think now with things opening uh, maybe Monday for a good part of New Jersey, again, you just have to check those local beach towns. Some of them maybe had could create their own ordinances however they wanted to open up mm-hmm. and what they were permitting. But I know there was, there was a while. And maybe I, I – I see a lot of news stories, too, so maybe I'm thinking of California. But there was a time you could go, but you had to keep moving. You couldn't sit. You couldn't set up a blanket or a chair. You had to walk. The beach was I thought that was it. You couldn't. And the wet sand, it was the difference between going in the wet sand and standing and on the dry, the dry sand. sand. One it, was, was, it was crazy. One was verboten. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> but it sounds like now it's starting to get a little bit normal. Mm-hmm. And then we went, I remember when our kids were little, too, we, we went to Belmar. Because no, Belmar, for us, coming from Bucks County, that was the quickest beach because you just get on the 195 and you'd be there less than an hour. Right, and it puts you right on the sand. It was less than 60 But they minutes. used to have a lot of shops on the boardwalk there in Belmar. Like the pizza place was there. There were places right. on the boardwalk, but and that all disappeared. was it Sandy that destroyed all No, that, I think it was or? a fire. Oh, fire. I think a fire on the boardwalk, which they said was suspicious, by the way, <laughs> oh. because it wiped all that off the boardwalk, and you don't have that on the boardwalk anymore. Now they anymore. didn't restore, and then... Mm. Across the street, there's a few things, but it's not a lot. It's you just go for the beach, yeah, which is fine. We would take the kids there, and and then later at night go to, to Point Pleasant and let them go on the rides. Right, We'd have right. our beach time at, at right. Belmar because it was more family. But a couple times we, when they were little, we took we did get a place for a week down in Brigantine, and we mm-hmm. got one in Seattle City too. Mm-hmm. The, those are the real South beaches, South, you know, <laughs> for us South. Well, yeah, because you know you could always. I always we, we it always struck us because when we moved to Pennsylvania thirty years ago, and we, again we grew up in Jersey, but we moved in, we were in Arizona for three years and then moved back to, to east to the east, 
in Pennsylvania, and we would say we go to Belmar, and they didn't know where it was. No, because they all go to Wildwood. It was LBI Ocean or City. South. Yeah. LBI or South. That Those were the right. Philadelphia beaches. Right. And then from Long Beach Island and North, those were the New York beaches. Yeah. yeah. But I think people in our area have discovered Belmar and Point Pleasant and mm-hmm. places that it's, not, it's quicker. Oh, it's a lot faster. A lot faster. And to then get you there. have Cape May, which is, you know, way down there. That's a couple hours for us. Yeah. You know. Oh, my. Yeah. At least. But beautiful. Beautiful down yeah. there. Yeah. It's been years since I've been there. You can too. go. What I like about Cape May, and I was only there, we were only there once. We were down there. Was a, there's a zoo there, right? We took right, the kids. Right, right. They were little. Mm-hmm. But you could get on the, because you were on the southern part of the Cape, southwestern, and the Delaware Bay is so big at that point, you can actually watch the sunset over the bay. Yes. Yeah. Which is, you we know. We should go. Yeah. Okay, let's go. We'll see you. Bye. Okay, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. Text us what your favorite Jersey Beach is. 609-493-8255. Jersey memories. Jersey beach time, summertime memories. And are you going? Are you ready to throw the towel over your shoulder and just head on out? Or are we still staying cautious? 609-493-8255. You can text us your response to that number 609-493-8255 jersey memories i remember crabbing off the off somewhere in belmore not when i was little Mm. with my cousin and we'd go and he'd shine at night we'd shine a flashlight Mm. and the crabs would come up to the light and then you you scoop them up with a with a net then did you did you throw them back in we just threw them back in yeah yeah. we'd eat them yeah although we saw a video remember the Jersey blue crabs right. on YouTube, how to clean them. Clean it's pretty disgusting. <laughs> they actually rip the, the shell off while the thing's still alive. Yeah. And then clean them out. That doesn't. I don't no, know. I, I get a little squeamish <laughs> with all that stuff. I like to look at them at That's in why an they aquarium. made red lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to do all that stuff. You just go to the seafood place and right. let them do it for you. But mm-hmm. I saw that video. I thought I'd kill Because they, they throw them on ice, the crabs, mm-hmm. and it makes them dormant. And then once they're dormant, then they rip the fascinating, fascinating, and, and hose it out, clean yeah. it. And there's not a lot of not a not a lot of meat in those Jersey blue crabs. No, either. no, they're thinned. You could throw it in tomato sauce. I bet that would be good though. Oh sure, that pick is. it out and throw it in tomato sauce. Yeah. Uh, favorite Jersey Shore spot six zero nine four nine three eight two five five. You can text us to that number and let us know six zero nine four nine three eighty two fifty five. The Joe Laramie's going to join us in a little bit. Talk about his book, Abide in Christ, a 10-day personal retreat with Ignatius Loyola, St. Ignatius Loyola. But um, So when you went down as a family, did you pack the cooler and, like, haul all I that stuff? I always remember we had peaches and plums. Really? My mother would pack peaches and plums, and then yeah. we'd bury the peach pit in the sand and the plum pit. Which is why the Jersey Shore is lined with peach trees now. <laughs> yeah, the Manfredonia family planting peach pits and plum pits. You know, there's just certain things. Peaches that and plums. You remember, like it was always Oreos or Cheetos. I, I don't know oh, why, but that was. My the family's go-to. a bit healthier than yours, apparently. <laughs> Definitely. Nice. I got peaches and plums, and maybe we had problems in the morning. I don't know. We had to have plums and prunes. <laughs> You had Cheetos and, and... But the thing was, you're out there in the sun and maybe a little humid or the salt air. But oh, there was always get, sand in the plum. Oh, oh, yeah. but it would be soft. So there would be no crunch, no crispness. It, it would be soft and soggy. So, you know, like soggy Oreos and Cheetos that just didn't quite... And you go out there. I remember going out into the into the water 
for hours yes. and just jumping the waves, just riding and staying the, out there forever, riding the waves, and then mm-hmm. at night when you lay down to go to bed, you're still your, your body, body is still going up and down. <laughs> you're right. still your 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 equilibrium is still like bouncing with the waves. Right, right, and you'd be burned from the shoulders up. And the body was yeah. My pal Peter and I went down. You know my pal Peter. Do you remember sunscreen and all that back then? No, we used to put used to put stuff on to make you burn like baby oil. Yeah, and and get darker. (gasps) I didn't have to because I you know me I my 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 skin I tan in five minutes. But I remember we went down. He and I we just graduated from high school and we drove down to to one of the beaches. I think it was LV to um, Island Beach, and we were it was a beautiful day like today apparently, and just stayed on the beach. All day. We got down there at 10 o'clock in the morning. We stayed on all day. And he's fair-skinned. He's fair-skinned. And but we both came back, and we were so dark and red and just, just – it was – I walked in my house. My mother like, what happened to you? <laughs> At the beach but all day. But I don't day. remember. Like, copper tone and stuff was out, but they didn't have all the numbers. No. With the UV protection. There was the tan, don't burn, get a topper, copper tone tan. So right. they, must they have, would promote tanning. They would promote tanning, mm-hmm. not burning, though. Right. But no, there was never. We had an umbrella. If my mom would sit under the umbrella, yes. But there wasn't all this, you know, PF type of stuff that you had to be right. worried about. And, uh, right. Uh, you know, you just you just were there. Mm-hmm. But today, I suppose. I can remember my friend again, very very fair. She's had blonde hair, and she came with us on one of our weeks. And the first couple of days, we were just out there and enjoying ourselves on the beach. And she got so burnt, her back. I would literally take the skin at the top like saran wrap. And just peel it off her back. Just layers of skin would be, she was so burning, it would blister. Oh, the poor thing. And that can make you sick, you know. But Mm -hmm. today, you're just completely covered, hats and everything. Kids have those long sleeve suits now, so they're really protected. Um, I'm just getting a text here. It has nothing to do with beaches, but I'll I'll take this. Um, Susan uh, said, I'd like to make a challenge Donation to DCM. I will donate one dollar a day, thirty dollars a month, and uh, for a fifteen-minute time period for every person who will join me in one dollar a day challenge, I will donate an additional ten dollars. Oh my! As a one-time donation, this is to be anonymous. <laughs> okay. You got to put your name first when you say that. <laughs> well, we don't know how. There's hundreds right, of okay. the people by that name. Anyway, uh, I made that up. Well, there wasn't somebody named Susan. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> So the deal is, I'd like to make a challenge donation to DCM. I will donate $1 a day, $30 a month, and for a 15-minute time period for every person who will join me in $1 a day, I will donate an additional $10 as a one-time donation. Um, so she's saying for the next 15 minutes, somebody has to, is that what she's saying? Yes. For, for the next 15 minutes, donate a dollar a day, commit to a dollar a day, $30 a month. And she'll match for every that. person. An additional ten dollars. Wow. Well, God bless you. So you can do that. Uh, you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and uh, click on the donate now button and do that, and uh, make a donation. And uh, thank you to our anonymous friend here. And this if challenge. somebody wants to text and say, "Okay, I'm in," give the number again, nice and slow. Six zero nine four nine three eight two. Five, five. There you, you can do that and, and just pledge. 609-493-8255. Fabulous. All right. Well, thank you, friend, for doing that. And uh, again, this individual will donate $1 a day. That's $30 a month. Let's say for the next 
15, how about when we're on when Father Joe comes on? He's on for fifteen minutes. Yes, his interview was fifteen minutes. So during the Father Joe interview, mm-hmm. uh, he'll be here shortly. If during that interview, which will be about fifteen minutes long, uh, every person who um, joins this individual in one dollar a day challenge, this person will also donate an additional ten dollars as a one-time donation. So during the Father Joe Laramie interview. You can call in and donate and commit to at least one dollar a day, thirty dollars a month. All right. So we have our little mini pledgeathon right Good now. Good idea. Five twenty so, to five fifty. Okay. So let's take a <laughs> musical break and then we'll come back with Father Joe Laramie. So stay where you are, my friends. There's more to come on Friday Live.
justice for the people of the world that those who struggle should be given their freedom i believe in nonviolence as the way to change my life to use my head my heart my soul as my weapons Welcome back, friends. Happy to have you here with us. Someone just texted, how do you donate online? Well, you know, you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and there is a Donate Now button. You can do that. And uh, during this 15-minute period, if you want to match our friend who said she would do $1 a day, $30 a month, uh, she will also add another $10 to that. So go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and uh, click the Donate Now button. You can help us out, get that new transmitter here that we need so desperately. Well, Father Joseph Laramie is a campus minister at St. Joseph University, where he also earned his undergraduate and master's degree in communications. He studied at Kendrick Glennon Seminary prior to joining the Jesuit novitiate. He studied graduate theology at Boston College, earning a Master of Divinity and Licentiate degree. He was ordained a priest in 2011, and he's written a book called Abide in the Heart of Christ. It's a 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius Loyola based on the spiritual exercises. Father Joe, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. Father, we hear a lot about the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius. Um, just kind of an overview, because you base this 10-day personal retreat on that. Can you give us a little background on exactly what they are? People hear it, but maybe they're not so sure what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, St. Ignatius Loyola, founder of the Jesuits, and he wrote the spiritual masterpiece uh, that is called The Spiritual Exercises, and really all Jesuit retreats, even all Jesuit ministries are really rooted in his writings, uh, just that, that beautiful document. Um, 
real briefly, he lived in Spain uh, in the early 1500s. And yeah, this was kind of like a little journal or notebook that he kind of slowly developed over time. Um, he wasn't setting out to write a retreat necessarily, but more like just his own prayers and reflections, conversations with people, just jotting down some things, slowly doing some little retreats for uh, other college students in the beginning. And then it kind of grew into really this beautiful program that the church has today. Wonderful. And again, your book, Abide in the Heart of Christ, a 10-day personal retreat with St. Ignatius Loyola. I didn't plan it this way, but of course today is the beautiful solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and your book, Abide in the Heart of Christ, (laughs) fits right into that. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the book, and it's a 10-day personal retreat. How will people use it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I really tried to bring together, yeah, some themes from uh, the writings of St. Ignatius and really... uh, accentuate that with Sacred Heart spirituality. Um, You may know the Jesuits have been a longtime promoter of devotion to the Sacred Heart, and as you said, today is the big feast day. In fact, my Jesuit community, we have a big mass and dinner uh, that I'll I'll head down to that as soon as I finish this interview. Hmm. Um, So briefly, yeah, the retreat, it's an opportunity for you to do a retreat at home, which, you know, hey, in this world of coronavirus, it could be that your favorite retreat center or your parish that does a men's retreat or women's retreat. Maybe that's not possible right now, but hey, everybody can read a book. And uh, if you got a, a heart that loves the Lord, maybe a notebook or a Bible, um, you can do this uh, just kind of on your own time. You can even do it with, you know, somebody in your family or a friend, maybe in your home together, or even just chat over the phone to share some graces. You know, really one highlight from St. Ignatius is gratitude gratitude, really focusing on how God has been at work in my life. And in a sense, everything else flows from that. Um, If we're centered in the heart of Christ, then more and more we can have an awareness of how God's been at work in my day, in my week, in my entire life even. So one of the prayers of St. Ignatius that he's known for is something called the examination of conscience. Um, This is a prayer Jesuits do every day. And it's a way of looking back on your day in gratitude. How has the Lord been at work? Uh, what are some blessings? Maybe a good conversation with a family member, some little project in my job that is going pretty well, and so on. So the examination of conscience, yes, is a prayer to use maybe to get ready for confession, to look back on my, my weeks or months, but also it's a prayer I can do every day to focus on God's goodness and His action in my life. And what what is the like? We, the book itself is 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 not a, it's not a large volume. It's not a you know. So what is the personal commitment a person would do in in this type of a, a personal retreat? They set aside time each day. Should it be the same time? Should it be in the same room? Should it, how does it work? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, it's ten chapters. Um, so the idea is that you know ten little spiritual exercises, and you know my hope is that this is not just a book where you're learning information, but more like Christ is forming, you know, there's formation of your heart rather than just information. Um, It is something you could do, yes, every day, uh, 10 days in a row. It might take you, oh, 20 minutes or so to read the chapter, and then maybe, oh, another 20 or 30 minutes for some prayer, reflection, journaling. But hey, you could also do it over, let's say, 10 weeks, maybe uh, every Sunday. Uh, 10 weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's your retreat. I'll leave it up to you and the Holy Spirit. Uh, in fact, it's designed to be flexible so it can kind of work with your schedule. 
Oh, that's beautiful. And the first thing that comes to mind is we have uh, recently started um, adoration, extended adoration hours at my parish, and they've been running mm-hmm. some things in the bulletin. Well, of course, before all this, now we don't have any bulletins, mm-hmm. but prior to uh, the early, earlier in the year, like, how do I make a holy hour? What do I do? You know, and many of us are very, very comfortable with silence. And we just go there and we sit and we, we look at the Lord and he looks at us and we maybe rethink. Others are more comfortable with a repetitive prayer. But this it would be a wonderful way to take in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And um, not that we need something to do, but some people can't, you know, after five minutes, it's like, well, now what do I do? I can just envision this as your holy hour. Absolutely. Um, you know, one way to think about it is, uh, you know, spiritual food. You know, we all need a little something to kind of chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I'm really drawn on the wisdom of St. Ignatius, also some scripture passages. You know, another little image is, hey, a heart-to-heart conversation with the Lord. And you could sort of think of this as like, I'm just giving you some kind of uh, conversation starters yes. to spend your time with Jesus, uh, looking at gratitude. Um Hey, also, no retreat is complete without also looking at my wounds, um, some sins and imperfections. So, you know, Ignatius talks about that. So I do devote a chapter to that topic as well, but all the more so to God's grace and goodness. And it's interesting how you also begin with uh, how it's based on Thanksgiving, St. Ignatius. That was one of the recommendations in one of our uh, little bulletin entries that, you know, you sit, you, you, you pray, and you just start giving thanks because we have to dwell on the, those things that are positive, knowing that God is good all the time. And we're a people who complain very quickly. I know I'm very <laughs> guilty of that. It's, I'm quick to like complain mm-hmm. or criticize. So I'm trying to remain in the mindset of giving thanks for many things, even little things. We can find something every day to be thankful for. Absolutely. You mentioned adoration. Even simply that word Eucharist is a Greek word that means thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. Um, And again, for Ignatius and so many saints, really, that's the keystone of the spiritual life is, yes, okay, I'm aware of my own wounds and weaknesses, but all the more so God's goodness and giving him thanks. I always thought of St. Ignatius like as um, almost... I don't want to say unapproachable, but very collegiate, like, oh, boy, if I pick up one of those books, it might be too heavy for me or too too deep. But as I'm just sitting here flipping, you know, the shorter chapters, it, it looks very approachable. It's it's on the level of just anyone who wants to read. You don't need a college degree in theology to, uh, you know, get to know St. Ignatius. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, sometimes I talk about it as a uh... My hope is my book's sort of an on-ramp and an off-ramp. So you all are out uh, on the East Coast, you know, New Jersey, isn't it? You you describe where you live by which exit um, <laughs> on the turnpike. Is that, right. Am I right about that? You uh, are correct. Right. So so a good job. Yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> so that's right. An on-ramp in the sense of like, hey, you don't know anything about Ignatius, but okay, you love Jesus and you want to deepen your spiritual life. Hey, this is a great on-ramp for uh the kind of Ignatian highway, if you will. Mm-hmm. Also, it could be a great sort of off-ramp. So let's say you've got a kid at a Jesuit school, um, who knows, at uh, Fordham University or um, St. Joe's Prep in Philly or something like that. Um, you know, and you're, you're hearing your kid talk about 
the spiritual life and the Jesuits, like, hey, maybe this is a great way for that young person or for you to kind of integrate some of those graces uh, into daily life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Father Joe Laramie, and the, the book is called um, uh, Abide. I'm sorry, I don't book it in front of me. Abide <laughs> my in wife the heart. <laughs> my wife I already has took it. it, and I'm going to get it started. Abide. Abide in the heart of Christ. <laughs> yes. Abide in the heart of Christ, which, of course, today is the great solemnity of the sacred heart of Jesus. And uh, where it's such a blessing to have Father Joe here. Father, you know, given the current situation now, everything's starting to reopen a little bit and loosen up a little bit, but is there anything in, in Ignatian spirituality that would help people get through these still very difficult times that you can think of? Yeah, one, uh, so exercise uh, three is called A Grateful Heart, My Spiritual Top Ten. Um, you know, before the lockdown, I did a few of these theology on taps, you know, like in bars around St. Louis with young adult groups. And, uh, yeah, this was kind of a fun one that I would do. You know, you have your your favorite cold beverage, uh, whether that's a Diet Coke or a Budweiser or something else. And, you know, I would kind of talk about this one as a way to kind of get people started. So, uh, again, that theme of gratitude, and especially when I was in college, I watched a lot of ESPN so, you know, there's always like the top 10 sports highlights of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this home run, this diving catch, uh, this slam dunk. Well, this is, a you know, kind of a playful way of uh, entering into that grace. But think about, okay, how about your personal spiritual top 10? So your top 10 moments of feeling a closeness to God, um, a real felt sense of his grace, for instance, a few of these might pop out right away, right? So married folks, uh, your wedding day, uh, the birth of your first child. Um, you know, younger folks, maybe your your college graduation day is one that stands out. You know, these aren't just kind of fun events, but more like, you know, a real sense of joy, of closeness to God, maybe a sense of family and friends being gathered together, maybe a great trip out to Colorado, seeing the mountains, for instance. Anyhow, you know, just kind of sit with this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Once you start kind of jotting a few of these down, my sense is like the graces start flowing, you know? Yeah. And this is a fun one to do with a friend, with someone in your family, to, to kind of share some of these graces together. You know, one tip for married guys, let me tell you, when you're talking with your wife about this, be sure that your wedding day is very, very high on that list. You know, uh, just just don't first list off, you know, catching a big fish and winning <laughs> your varsity uh, basketball tournament, you know, and then somewhere down the bottom, your wedding day, just, you know, a tip to the married guys. Let me just put that out there. If you know what's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to eat tonight. That's right. That's right. 35. That's right. We're married 35 years, father. So I understand that totally. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes the married men, you know, they just, they need a little, uh, you know, pat on the shoulder from a brother to uh, help him in these areas. That's right. Well, very, very wise, Father. Good good, good job on that. Uh, again, we've been talking with Father Joe Laramie. The book is called Abide in the Heart of Christ on this beautiful solemnity of, of, of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, Father, we want to thank you for writing the book. By, oh, it's published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com. You can find out more about the book there. And, Father, uh, is this your first uh, book, Father? It sure is. Yeah. Um, I was a journalism major in college. Um, you know, I've written some little reflections for different Catholic blogs, but, um, yeah, my first book also, I have a little website. If you want to check that out, uh, it's just my name, my superior gave me permission. So it's on the up and up. Okay. It's just Joe Laramie, 
JoeLaramieSJ.com. And so what are you, uh, are you affiliated with a parish now? Or are you strictly at St. Joe's University? What, what is your um, role like in the greater Philadelphia area? Well, he's not Philadelphia, Sam. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. St. Joe's University, right. Philadelphia, excuse me. <laughs> the world doesn't revolve right. around and Philadelphia, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Philly girl. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, one of our uh, sayings is, hey, join the Jesuits and see the world. So, <laughs> you know what? Since we set up this interview, I have a new assignment. So I am talking to you in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I am the new national director of something called the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network. Oh, okay. Formerly known as the Apostleship of Prayer. Sure. And this is an international Jesuit organization that is charged with promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. So you're going to have to come back on once you unpack your boxes and <laughs> you can define the job description. Caught, you know, let us reconnect and let us know how it's going and what we can do, what we can share with the listeners that maybe, um, you know, we could pray for the efforts and what we could do. Father Joe, is that is that the organization that puts out the videos every month on the Holy Father's Prayer Intentions, or am I confusing that with another? With Ab- yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, so, yes, they have a monthly prayer intention from Pope Francis himself, and, you know, and Pope's have been doing this for 100 years, so... Every month, he puts out a prayer intention. I help promote that. Francis decided, hey, I want to do a little video. I'm going to do one better for you. <laughs> and, of course, he is a Jesuit, so right. he has, I think, a special uh, devotion himself sure. to uh, this group. They have a little website called popesprayerusa.net. Um, they have an app. They have these videos. Um, I got here Saturday, so I'm still getting my head around this thing, but I'm really excited. All right. Well, don't wear that cheese hat, though. That'll that'll take a look. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'll drop you a couple rungs on the ladder. And I'm sorry that's I right. just moved you to Philadelphia. Yeah, I do right. apologize. I, I just... Well, listen, Father, we want to thank you so much. Again, the book, friends, is called Abide in the Heart of Christ. It's published by Ave Maria Press, AveMariaPress.com. Father Joe Laramie has been our guest and the author of the, of the book. Father... Please uh, we get get to your mass and your dinner and uh, say some extra prayers for us today, would you? Will do. God bless. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Father. Thank God you. bless you. All right, friends, and you stay where you are. We're going to come right back. Don't go away. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, when Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. All right. Thank you, Father Joe, for being here. It sounds like a very young, young priest. Yes. Ordained not even 10 years ago. So, so uh, good luck. Already writing new... books. Really? Yeah. But we'll, we'll be hearing more from him. That's right. Uh, let's see. I did get a text. Someone said I donated $54.47 because that's what I have left on my prepaid card. Oh, <laughs> so, that's fabulous. good. 
Uh, but that does help. Thank you, friend, for doing that. Um, so anyway, we did have a, a, uh, a challenge out there. Uh, if someone, this, this individual said they will donate $1 a day, $30 a month for a 15-minute time p- uh, period for every person who will join in the $1 a day challenge. So it's still out there. You can go to our website. I haven't checked the... Um, yeah, you'll have to go into uh, you know, the, So yeah. it comes in in different ways that I see it. So you can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. That's domesticchurchmedia.org. And click on the Donate Now button. And you can make a donation that way. Um, and oh, help what us a out. wonderful surprise. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, so we're going to raise the... T- no, what do, we, what do we need? Not a tower. No, we need a... Uh, Transmitter. Oh, a transmitter. A transmitter. We have the towers. <laughs> towers didn't blow down, thanks be to God. Oh. In fact, you know, they, they can withstand 40, I'm sorry, 90 mile per hour winds, I'm told, yeah. the towers, before they start to get shaky. Mm-hmm. So um, someone said, I listen to the rosary often twice a day, 12 noon mass, sometimes 7 p.m. Also, uh, the, I can't read that word, although they, uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, thank you so much. Someone who's donating as well, so. Beautiful. Keep those donations coming. Good we, job, everybody. The thing That's is, with the, the, the transmitter is like the heart. Uh, in 12, 1260 is the transmitter that, that got destroyed by the um, mm-hmm. by the windstorm, the Doreco. Doreco. That was a new term for me, too. Me, too. But anyway, so, it, it you know, we're, we're kind of, we pasted it together, I think, at this point <laughs> to kind of get the broadcast out there. But we do need a new a new transmitter to, to the tune of $38,000. But Duct we're chipping away. I did so get a far, phone call today from from our friend, uh, one of our donors, who's donated a thousand dollars. So, little by little, we get there. Good. So we know the Lord will provide. All mm-hmm. of you, good people out there who listen and watch, uh, we need this. You know, and I got a, I got a like um, a card this week from one of a new person who said, "I'm a Polish immigrant, and I just found you during the pandemic." So, <laughs> what a great thing that is to you know wow. to know we're here. And yes. we've we've not shut down. We have not shuttered in place. This the station has been. These stations have been operating twenty four seven throughout the entire ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim's I've, been reporting to work every day. I, I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of oblivious to what's going on in the outside world because my world hasn't changed. It's Your the life same. Didn't, yeah, no. Didn't, didn't make any I've always been socially distant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always worn masks. Uh, <laughs> you never wear a mask. Well, well around Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and to be silly, he does. Wear- Silly things. No, I don't wear masks. <clears throat> but funny hats. I, 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 funny hats. I, I had a great hat collection when I was younger. I know. Your mom mother threw, threw it, away. it out. She, when, I, when, I, when I married you and moved out, she threw all my hats away. Mm-hmm. I had hats from all over the world. That big sombrero. I had a sombrero from Tijuana. I had a, um, what's that? Fez. The, I had a fez that, that was from Morocco. I had a, the, um, it was a Vienna uh, hiking hat. I can't think of the name, but oh. Peter brought it back from Austria for me. Yes. Uh, I had a straw hat, a real, an actual, uh, authentic straw hat I bought bought in New York. Mm-hmm. I had a whole collection of a nice Frank hats. Sinatra I had hat. a Sinatra, a Sinatra fedora. Yeah, I had, I had a whole collection of nice hats. <gasps> and and I you... married you. We moved out. I moved out, and next, and I went back. Your mother couldn't wait said, to clean I out I said, that. Mom, where are my hats? <laughs> oh, I threw them away, Jimmy. I said my hats. They're my hats. <laughs> yeah. What do you call that little um, Austrian? There's a, a name for it. Feather in the cap. Yeah, it like up from the sound of music. That's right. There's a All name right. for that hat, and I had it. It was, and it was from Austria. I got it. it was authentically from Austria. Yeah, I can't think of what that but, is. But uh, yeah, the sombrero from Tijuana. I think I did sell. I brought that to Arizona. 
Remember, I brought that out there when we moved. I don't know why I brought it. <laughs> and you tried to wear it on the plane, though. When you... <laughs> we did. Peter and I, we got it in Tijuana. We tried to wear them on the plane. We walked on the plane with the sombrer- these gigantic sombreros. And this, this, we, were, we were in college, and the flight attendant says, boys, you'll have to take those hats off. <laughs> <laughs> Today you would have been kicked off the but plane. But I did. When we moved to Arizona, I brought that hat with me. I don't yeah, know why. And then you went... sold it at a garage sale. Uh, one of the yard sales. <laughs> That's right. It was an authentic Tijuana sombrero. <laughs> And I remember looking in the, the, the local little weekly paper that we had in Ahwatukee there. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the paper, and there was a picture of somebody's garage sale. or your, It was a church thing. Okay. And my sombrero was there. See That's that. how I knew you, 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 you got rid of it. <laughs> well, we were leaving the Arizona, and so everything went. All the pottery, all my Mexican glass. And so we're moving back east. We're going to leave all this stuff out here. We had those bull. Remember above the fireplace, those big bull horns. Yeah, the the the, um, the bull head, the steer head, yeah. the bones, right. and we used to put a red like a skeleton. We used to put a red uh, Christmas ball on it, a Christmas sound like Rudolph. That's right. All right, we're gonna head on out of here. Yes, we're getting silly. God Go to bless our website, you. domesticchurchmedia.org. Click the donate now button. It would help us out a lot to help us buy this transmitter. You can write to us here, at Domestic Church Media, PO Box seven five zero nine. Trenton 08628. Okay, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day, dads. Bye bye now.